2: Hey folks, welcome back to Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World Series. My name is Brian. With me, as always, is Chris. And Chris, we are sitting here on the precipice of the trade deadline. And the Mets have made their first trade. The Mets traded away their closer, David Robertson, last night, receiving two prospects from the Miami Marlins. Uh, we'll talk about the prospects in a minute. And we'll talk about trading in division in a minute. But generally speaking, you know, Robertson was about as good as any... Closer in baseball, or at least comparable to the best closers in baseball um, this season. And, you know, while he was not Edwin Diaz, he was certainly a very, very capable, very, very successful player for the Mets. Um, I will always sort of hold it against him because apparently he was a dick to some clubhouse people when it came to World Series shares when he was on the, I forget who it was now maybe when he was at the Phillies and they were in the world series. It might've been the Yankees. Maybe, maybe it was the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I will always side with labor over millionaires. So those guys deserve their shares, whatever. But he was a fantastic piece for the Mets this year. Uh, how do you feel about the Mets trading away, Robertson?
1: Um, oddly good. I think it's just sort of, a an acknowledgement of the reality that they faced and, uh, Look, I can't claim to be an expert on the actual prospects they got, but I can defer to people like Amazing Avenue's Lucas Vlahos, former Amazing Avenue uh, minor league guru Jeff Paternostro, um, and and several others who are just singing the praises of uh, especially Vargas, who they got in the trade for Robertson. And we can get a little more into the return, but... I, I. You know, I just think the concept of it all is like, okay, we've acknowledged that this is not going to end well. Uh, If by some chance they rattle off a winning streak and get into that wild card mix, uh, which is just so bad. Uh, You know, we've talked about a little bit recently that there might not even be six teams in the National League that really deserve to be in the postseason. Um, You figure out that problem when you get there. It would be a totally good problem to have. But, Uh, looking at what they've done and and just the fact that every opportunity that's come up, they have not capitalized and taken a step forward. Um, that first week of July, I felt like, okay, maybe this is when they get over 500. And when that didn't happen, you'd start to just, I don't know, realize that this isn't happening. This isn't the season. Um, it doesn't mean they're going to be bad next year or forever, but It doesn't even mean they're going to be bad the rest of the season, right? But
2: I think you're right. You have to you have to do something here, right? You have to capitalize on this situation.
1: Yeah, and and hey, to take a 38 year old reliever, and granted, he's having a great season. We've talked about uh, early in the season and and right up to this conversation that. He's done a really good job filling in for Edwin Diaz. And granted, the stakes maybe haven't been super high because the rest of the team has been so, uh, you know, mediocre. Uh, but I don't think he's the type of pitcher who would have been overwhelmed if if you know, if the Mets had been in first or second place in the division uh, in a playoff spot all along. You know, I, I think he would have been able to just be the pitcher that he is. Um, yes, So all of that said, especially recently, I'd gotten to a point where it was like, can we just start trading these guys before they get hurt? Um, Right. With Tommy Pham, it's a little bit too late for that. I think one of the biggest things that Mets fans need to root for over the next three days is that Tommy Pham just stays in those games. Yes. uh, And, and looks healthy and, you know, he doesn't have to hit three home runs or anything, but um just look like he's somebody who uh, another team could use for the next couple of months, but um yeah, yeah, I don't know i I guess I had sort of given up on the season as as a in any realistic sense of contending over a month ago so and it, you know longtime listeners of the show will know that that's I'm generally one of the last people to jump ship.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, you are.
1: So to have been in that mindset for a while, um, it just feels like a little bit of a relief. You know, Greg Prince wrote about sort of just the general state of the Mets the other day uh, over at Faith and Fear and Flushing, and that just the sort of in-betweenness um, where they're not contending, they're not the worst team in the league, Uh, And it's a weird space to be floating around in. So this sort of indicator that, hey, we're sellers. We know that. We're not happy about it, but we're doing what we need to do. I I don't think the absence of Robertson is going to end up costing them a playoff spot. They, They already cost themselves the playoff spot. Right,
2: right. <clears throat> so I, I I do want to come back to the playoff spot conversation in a minute, but uh, I want to talk about the idea of. Uh, for first of all, let's let's briefly mention the two prospects that were um that were the return here. Ronald Hernandez is a 19 year old switch hitting catcher. He was signed out of Venezuela in 2021. Apparently, he uh, according to Lucas Lajos, who wrote up the trade news. He's having a very, very good season in the Complex League this year. He had revamped his swing. That sort of added some more power um, or rather added some some contact. Added some to his... His contact's looking better. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I couldn't get the sentence out. Um, they don't think he has a ton of power, but, you know, a, a catcher that can hit even a little bit will always have a place in an organization. But Marco Vargas, who was the um, the top piece in the trade, According to Lucas and Thomas, I haven't seen anyone else uh, from our minor league team uh, weigh in, but I'm sure on from complex to Queens on Monday morning, you will hear all about this. They say that he is the number one or two prospect in the in the organization now. So the Mets traded for essentially a top prospect in their system. Um, he's a shortstop. He is having a very good season in the Florida Coast League. And um You know, you mentioned Jeffrey, our old friend, Jeffrey tried to find a way for him to get into the top 50 prospects in for baseball perspectives for the whole league. So this is a this is, you know, easily a top 100 guy, possibly a top 50 guy at the start of next season who the Mets got for less than half a season of a 38 year old reliever. I think this is maybe the best trade that Billy Epler has made as Mets GM.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. and, And It's funny. I, uh, last weekend I had gotten to somehow my first ever Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and it was, yes, it was nice.
2: I'm jealous you were there.
1: Yeah, it was nice to go in like a low key year. Um, obviously, as a Mets fan, Scott Rowland has some that brings back some mixed emotions. The Phillies <laughs> teams he was on were not relevant, but obviously the Cardinals team that he was on was right, uh, as a Mets fan, but I don't know, not. Not somebody who, uh, and this is like the lowest bar I can give for for anyone who's done harm to the Mets, but he's not Chase Utley. And, not Chase Utley or Chipper Jones. Right, yeah. Uh, Chipper Jones, I could at least, I don't know, if it, if I had been at his, I don't know if I would have gotten up and like applauded, but I, I could have been like, all right, whatever. Like he just, he, he kicked the Mets ass and named his kid after it and whatever. We'll just, we'll wear that one, you know, he, uh, as a player, he didn't break anybody's leg. You know, he just didn't. Oh, right. He played in a way that I respected as, as a baseball player. Um, but if I happen to attend uh, one in the future that uh, has players that are respectable and Chase Utley, I think I would flat out boo at his <laughs> Hall of Fame ceremony.
2: <laughs> but uh, in this case. It, as it men was... of
1: a certain age, is part of that booing because he got to Daedalus and Milano? No, no, yeah, no. She, she, um, she was never on my radar. Is is like you know, okay, as a teenager, yeah. or
2: whatever. Okay,
1: yeah, no, no. There was one. There's only one Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> so Colin Jost can eat shit. Is what, what I'm hearing here. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about. From Ryan Reynolds to him, I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing <Neither> to <do> I <laughs> That's a conversation for our other podcast, our celebrity gossip podcast. Yes, yes, but uh, but yeah, no. It, it's so nothing, nothing along those lines. Just uh, you know, Utley, Utley being Utley. I, I'm, I'm <clears throat> like pre-protesting. Like, it would be fun to form a formal protest, like bring a like Ruben Tejada's leg in like Mets pants <laughs> I, I i'm saying it right now i'm in if that
2: happens you and me will stage a an anti-chase Utley protest first of all do we
1: think Chase Hultley is a hall of famer see that's that's where uh maybe it's not even relevant maybe that won't happen it seems like but, he was um, on that that path for a while but i don't
2: i don't remember I, I i hate him so much i block out a lot about him
1: yeah i mean jaws has him. So uh, we are fully on a tangent now, but that's okay. Uh Jaws has him in a spot where, I mean, he's, he's above Alomar, Biggio, um, and, and several other second basemen who've been inducted. I don't know that it ne- necessarily makes him a lock. He's He's right around that average of, the 20 Hall of Famers, which is kind of crazy that there's only 20 um, second basemen in the history of the game who are in. Isn't that the, the position with the least amount of inductees? I would assume. I mean, even just being there and hearing the number of starting pitchers is, in my opinion, way too low um, for how many years the game has been going on. Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, you were at the ceremony. I don't remember why we were talking
2: about it, but you, you said that you were, you were, you were starting to say something about being at the ceremony.
1: Yes. Uh, Trading a reliever for uh, a future Hall of Famer. No pressure on the kid who the Mets just got. But <laughs> I, I was talking about the Larry Anderson for Jeff Bagwell trade. Um, uh-huh. Just being around, you know, I was a huge Bagwell fan. He was one of the hats inductees who was, uh, you know, at this year's ceremony up on the stage. And, you know, even though the area where you really feel like you're like in the event close to the stage is all ticketed VIP and, and, you know, the big field is just for the general public, just being there and and seeing these guys introduced and, um, you know, get out there on stage is, is a pretty cool feeling. But, uh, but yeah, Bagwell, I had seen when I was a kid, when he was in uh double a playing for the new Britain Red Sox before he got traded, um, you know, for a reliever, a rental reliever, um, you know that that's that's what you always hope for in this kind right. of scenario. Um, even if these prospects turn out to be nothing,
2: you're playing the you're doing things the right way. The process is there. This is what you should if you're if you think you're not gonna make the playoffs, there is no value to you having David Roberts on your team right now, zero. I, I guess you could make the argument that it makes it might make the games more enjoyable to have him there, but I think that's a minor reason at this point. And so you you need to roll the dice on 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 good players. And the Marlins, it seems to me, grossly overpaid for David Robertson, which I guess we'll see how their season winds up. But it, it seems to me like an overpay, even if they were a team that was half a game out of first. And a a lights out closer might be the difference between clinching the division and being a wild card team and having a one game or having you know you, understand, you yeah. understand what I'm saying here. I still think it might be an overpay, but from from how far back the Marlins are, it I mean yes they're firmly in the wild card hunt. It seems like an overpay to me. I don't know if you agree or not.
1: Yeah, no, no, I I do. I don't think the Marlins are going to make the playoffs. It you know. It's an, not the team that I thought he would end up on. Uh, I respect that the Marlins have I, – I don't want to just chalk it up to this because any season you could always say somebody's over or underachieved. But, you know, if, just logically, projections didn't have the Marlins contending this year. I've, ironically, I felt like this was the first year in like maybe 10 – that there wasn't this. Oh, the Marlins might be good this year. Buzz. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I like. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't looking for it the, the way that I have in the past, uh, or you didn't have to look for it. It was. There were always this dark horse team because the Phillies hadn't really, you know, the Udley and Howard uh, era ended, and the Phillies were kind of not relevant for a few years. Um, Atlanta was good, you know, whatever, but. Um, when the Mets and Phillies were both just eh, like the Marlins were hyped up constantly, um, and just never lived up to it. So now, now that they are in a better position than I think anybody expected them to be to start the season, I respect it, uh, but I'm not rooting for them to succeed. Uh, if they make it, I hope they eliminate the Braves. Right, like that course, would be yes, uh, far preferable. Especially since Jeter's out of the equation now. And yes, yeah. I could live
2: with a third fluky Marlins World Series more than I could live with a Braves World Series win.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, again, no pressure to become a Hall of Famer for for either of these guys. But but, uh, I can't help but make that comparison only because... um,
2: the rental reliever status yeah
1: right and and it's just such a different trade from the ones that the mets made with their rental players in recent years right exactly um i mean what's the last is beltron for wheeler the last like really good deadline seller move that they made if we're saying really
2: good yes i believe drew smith is one of the players they got the last time they really sold when they sold was it Granderson and Duda? Was it that year they got Drew Smith?
1: Um, yeah, that had to be, let's see. Trusty old baseball reference. Yeah. Uh, and
2: again, I'm I am not calling yeah. Drew Smith Zach Wheeler, but I'm saying that in terms of a useful major league piece that has been with the team for a couple of seasons now, Drew Smith I think is the most successful of those players.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think I think that's fair. That you know, a couple of those other guys had maybe a month or two where it looked like they, they might be, uh, the most significant player they picked up at the time. But uh, you look back at it and due to uh, his career really didn't, he didn't do that much after the Mets traded him. Oh. Yeah. Um, so to have a capable major league relief arm come back, uh, it, that was, that was a decent job. I, I know everybody shits on all of those trades all the time, but, it's just nice when you see the Mets operate in this way and and it makes me excited to see who they can get for some of these other guys that they might trade
2: well that that's a a wonderful transition into this uh next conversation which is that you know there are a number of players the Mets could be trading over the next few days I think we all have a sense of who are the more likely ones I would say that if he can stay on the field as you mentioned Tommy Pham is probably the key piece that will be moved, just because he's cheap and he's been good. Um, I mean, there are rumblings now that Verlander might be traded before Tuesday. Right. The, uh, you know, people are talking about Canna. People are Canna. Talk- uh, uh, by the way, that's a tonight' baseball game against the uh, Red Sox. Canna was putting on a defensive like. Mastery of the wall of the monster, rather like he played a couple of beautiful caroms off the monster, he made some great plays. He got a hit in that game. I, I had put in the uh, home run applesauce discord that you know this is the game that's going to get him traded essentially. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if can is traded. I guess you may move Ottavino too, although I think they're going to keep I got the impression they're going to keep Ottavino so they have someone to close the games but I could be wrong about that. Uh, who are the players that you think are most likely for them to trade over the next two, three days?
1: I think Canna, Pham. Um, I, I would hope that Ottavino and Ray, Rayleigh are on that list. I know they're both under contract for next year, and you know you're going to get Edwin Diaz back, and you have Smith, and you might have to go out and sort of rebuild the bullpen in free agency but look outside of our corner where we're not looking at lol Mets everything people are going to look at this payroll and i wouldn't be surprised if somebody actually gets a book deal for the worst team money could buy part two right right yep so don't think i haven't tried to get uh both the authors of that
2: uh book to talk to me about the podcast by the way about that book
1: (laughs) but uh but Whatever. Like that noise, uh, I'm not going to let it affect me as a Mets fan. But I think if there are lessons to come out of this year, they should not be don't spend money, uh, but they should be use that money to get players like Robertson, who, uh, I mean, what a great scenario it is relative to a really bad set of circumstances. He – Performed really well. And if they had, if the record were just in, inverted, you know, we're not even talking about if they were 30 games over 500, but if they were. If there were were three games or, or
2: four games under. Yeah.
1: Right. If they were 54 and 48 or whatever the, you know, whatever they are or 47 and 50. Yeah. Robertson then has been this huge valuable piece. And you're maybe keeping tabs on can Diaz make it back for October? Really, you know, but now we can shorten games. We've got, we've got those two guys at the end of the game. So what if it's a wild card series? You know, Sanga's look great. Verlander's rounded into into form. Um, it wouldn't be that hard to dream on playoff series success, even with a somewhat volatile uh, offense that, yeah. that they have. So um, the lesson should be just keep signing David Robertson's. And if you have to outbid another team by, you know, a couple million bucks for each of those guys, go ahead and do it. Um, With an owner who has the money he has, they should not punt on any season. Um, You know, and I think you can take advantage of when things don't go well and, and okay, we're going to, we're going to bolster the farm. Um, which which greatly needs to be done, right? And and I I think the reality of like of what the Mets farm system in is is probably somewhere between the best and worst case portrayals you see of it on the internet. Right. Right. Like I'm a little tired of the Mets can't develop any players when they have a 21 year old catcher who's probably going to break Johnny Bench's home run record as a rookie catcher. Right. Who's vastly outperforming any defensive analysis of anyone who, uh, you know, used their expertise on seeing him in the minor leagues? And I'm I, I'm not just harping on that because <laughs> sure you're not sure because, you're not <laughs> because I was right, but <laughs> but but like really like you're business if, card if if the Mets I know if the Mets can't develop any players, then what is Alvarez? If the Mets can't develop any players, who is their entire core of the team right now?
2: Right. I'm sorry. Nimmo, Alonzo, McNeil, Beatty, Alvarez. Who haven't they developed? Come on. Come on now.
1: Go ahead. Anyone on an expiring contract should be on the table, and I think the veterans who have that one more year left... Uh, like I don't know that Quintana is going to get you anything right now, and uh, maybe they approach this as uh, we okay, we'll trade one of Verlander or Scherzer. Uh, but again, you you know, for somebody with that name, uh, and especially in Verlander's case, somebody who's pitched a lot better lately than he did in his first few starts coming back from his injury, that return's got to be real. Uh, it, to me, you want Justin Verlander to be in your rotation for your playoff run and for next season um fine you know but a real prospect's got to come back it's got to top what they got for david robertson
2: yeah absolutely
1: and it's, yeah he's making a lot of money and you know maybe part of that gets negotiated but um
0: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess Ah, in my dentist's office Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Um, I don't know. I, I don't mean literally everybody, but anyone who's even remotely a, <laughs> a trade candidate right now, go ahead, deal them. Um, uh, you know, we'll we'll. Be able to regroup as an organization if uh, if you do that. Yeah. So I had promised you a fun question,
2: but I, I want to get to one thing before that fun question. Okay. Does it somewhat surprise you that Robertson was traded in division? Um... Or even more specifically, in the wild card
1: pecking order. I guess not really. Maybe it should just because it felt like for so long that was something the Mets wouldn't do. Yeah. So I guess it's a little bit surprising, but I don't know. I, it didn't, again, it's not the team I would have guessed for him on the trade market, but I wasn't totally shocked. It was more the timing of like, all right, game's over. This guy's traded. Yeah,
2: Exactly. (laughs)
1: Um but yeah, I don't know. It just, it, for some reason, it feels like everybody's going to end up on the Rays or, or like the, okay. you know, the, the Orioles have some good relievers. Um, you know, they're, they're in a spot that adding somebody of his caliber would maybe be even more helpful to them. Um, I have to say too, this is not my, like, uh, I didn't come into the podcast with like a, uh, a grudge against like minor league analysis (laughs) (laughs) on the baseball internet, but uh, the Orioles, I don't know how he's done since he came back, but sometimes player development is just not linear. Um, And since the Orioles came up right now, I just want to point out that Grayson Rodriguez at the beginning of the season, everybody was outraged that he was potentially going to be passed up. Uh, for a rotation spot by a few other guys who have all turned out to have much better seasons than him, even though he did get a long look. Um, I know he's back in the big leagues now. Um, but my point is that you, you we, we learn this lesson, or we should learn this lesson all the time. You just have to give baseball players time before you can really know. Yep. Um, so I can't get too upset about these players being younger um, than maybe some fans would have liked to have seen. Uh, give these guys some time and who knows? I mean, the Mets have this super young catcher who's killing it really as, as a rookie. Um, you can't put that expectation on everybody, uh, but I think, I don't know. I think it just, it could be a trade that works out nicely for them and, and, uh, look a year from today maybe one or both of these guys are uh, at a minor league affiliate and playing well and things have all broken right for the Mets and maybe they're really good trade chips to to give the Mets what they need in their next playoff push even if that player is not major league ready yet right um, Yeah. so uh, it, yeah like you you have a top tier prospect. The A's are unloading every good player they have, and you're contending. Like it, it's it's always an option. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. So here is my fun question for you, Chris. Yes. Let's say the Mets do sell off a couple more players, and uh, you know it's looking like they're basically giving up on the season if the 2023 Mets somehow get kind of good and sneak into the wild card, I'm not even going to talk about what they do once they're in the playoffs, but if this team can somehow just prove that they're better than the Marlins and better than the other teams that you and I talked about last week is maybe not being for real with a playoff spot, would that be the most... So, it, it, in a franchise with many surprising and miraculous uh playoff birds you know the the uh the miracle mets etc would this be among the most surprising outcomes if this team after selling up the deadline somehow snuck into the playoffs
1: uh i mean it's always tough to compare to some of those uh, you know early years of the franchise uh, in terms of how surprising that that must have been Right. for people who got to experience it but it would certainly be more surprising than what happened in 2015 yeah <laughs> um yeah i i i do think that several teams ahead of them are gonna just not withstand the the rest of the season uh, but it's just that there's so many teams ahead of them and i don't know i just maybe it's paranoia but I also have this fear that even if all of those teams continue to struggle, somehow the Cardinals will like be revived, <laughs> right? And then they'll be the ones to get the third spot. And this is all 2006 trauma that, uh, you know, the Cooperstown <laughs> or, sighting yeah. of Scott Rowland might've activated. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: I mean, so he- here's the thing. It's not impossible. It's not even, it is it improbable. Yes, it is. But it's not totally outside the realm of possibility when you look at who the teams are ahead of the Mets and you look at the paper thin margin that some of them are operating at in terms of having functional teams that can keep winning games. You know, I I think that there is a very real chance, not very real. That's overstating it. There is a better than there is a (laughs) uh, if if I if, if I was a gambling man. And there was a, a bet. I, mean, I don't even know what the Mets playoff odds are at this point. But if I was a gambling man, I might take those odds just because of how weird the playoffs are with the three wildcard spots and with how shallow the National League is in terms of quality teams right now. Um, and like you said, it's kind of hard to compare like 69 or 73 because we don't have firsthand memory of that. Also, there was no wild card. There was there was only two divisions and so you know it was to the the equivalent of the Mets coming back to catch the Braves at this point is what we were talking about and that would truly be insane but I think that for a team to give up and then make the playoffs would be a very Mets thing to happen and isn't outside their own possibility I'm not saying it's going to happen uh, I will continue to root for it to happen because that's fun and why not. But um, yeah, I, I was just curious to sort of how shocked you would be if they happened to sneak their way in.
1: Yeah, I, I hear that. Do you look at the teams, uh, not including the division leaders, uh, but strictly teams that are in the wildcard race and technically nobody's been eliminated yet, but uh, the Cubs are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Everybody else, uh, the Reds, the Mets and the Nationals are six and four. Everyone else is 500 or, or worse. Like, it's just, it's ugly. Yeah. Um, I still think I, I'm, I'm not going to get in a mode where, e- like, even lightheartedly, hey, they might actually do this. I, I think if they get back to 500, uh, then we could start to entertain that a little bit more um. And and yeah, I don't know. Right? If they get there, uh, hey, they've got a good prospect in the system, and hopefully a few good prospects in the system. And the difference between Robertson and Ottavino in the ninth inning is probably not enough to you know. Oh, I am not. I am not advocating at all to not sell. Sell right. no, everybody. No, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah. No, but I I think there will be people who will be like, oh, they only got a couple teenagers and. Now look, they you know they're in the wild card round and they don't have Robertson, but um, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you you that have to house do...
2: money at that point. You're playing with
1: yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um, I, yeah. I'm not saying to just blindly have faith in everything the team does, but when they do something that is very logical, um, it, it, it's hard to argue with it.
2: Yeah, I can, I mean, if people are upset about the return, I, I, I just don't understand that. I truly don't.
1: Yeah, I, I've, I've heard more about it than seeing it directly. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, yeah. my, my time on Twitter is, is has drastically dwindled. Um, and thankfully, most of the Mets fans I talk to uh, don't seem too upset about this trade. So, yeah, yeah. Um. Well.
2: Let's talk about something other than baseball for a minute. What is your music pick for this week?
1: Uh, So I am very excited to finally have a chance to see a band called Ala Las next week, and they're a band that uh, probably popped up on like Spotify radio or whatever the first time I heard them. Maybe I, you know, maybe somewhere else, but um, really good summer music. Uh, The album is just called Lost L.A.H.S. It came out in 2019. They have another record coming out this year, and they had several others that they put out before that one. But uh, it's just... It's a good... um, Chilled-out music that's still interesting is not an easy thing to pull off uh, to me. So uh, I'm not saying that I don't want relaxing music, but... Uh, there's a fine line between interesting stuff that fits that that, you know, mood and and then like elevator music, right? Like, sure. <laughs> so uh, this record just has a bunch of like my favorite songs of theirs on it. Uh, one of which is Polar Onion. Um, but as I listen to it more and more, there's, you know, there's, there's a few different ones on there that are that are, uh, I don't know, up there for me. And it went from a band that like I'd listen to a song here or there to I would listen to this record start to finish. Um, so, yeah, they – from my perspective, it feels like they don't tour much. I mean, maybe they do, and I just wasn't aware and didn't catch them. Uh, but even on this tour, they're only playing Boston and New York City on the East Coast and then everything else is out west so um as is the case with many of my recommendations um i i don't believe they were at desert days that we went to and and just missed them at i i but they fit in very nicely with uh, a lot of those bands and i'd say for for people out there who like if you like krong bin and they've grown on me a bit i know they're like super popular for people who, who like the more chill side. Of a lot of the music that's, uh, you know, sort of grouped together with a lot of my recommendations. Um, but if you like them, I think you'd also like Alalas. las And for me, this band is is more enjoyable, a little more engaging, uh, and still music that you could put on, like if you're out on your kayak or by your campfire or just. You know, if you're not into either of those things, just hanging out on the back porch uh, or your balcony or whatever. Um, music that you can engage with when you're alone and maybe play a little bit louder. And then music that works well as uh, like music to hang out uh, with your friends, too. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, hopefully the new record is, is really good. They put out a couple songs off of it ahead of time, but uh, obviously it's a little premature since... None of us have heard the rest, so I'll I'll recommend that one. And if you are listening and you are near either of their shows next week, uh, I'd recommend checking them out. The the New York City shows out at um, Rockaway Beach, which far is not hard to reach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You You get to ride there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I have to mention it given the name of our show. I was going to
2: say we have to. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I have heard that band before and uh, I enjoy them quite a bit. So I am looking forward to revisiting based on your recommendation. Uh, so for my uh, band, I'm, I'm going back to the well here It's the band I've recommended the most, I believe, on this podcast and actually if if tw- if I am truly done with Twitter, as I think I am, my last tweet involves this band, which was somebody had said, if it's not the Grateful Dead, who is the best American band of all time and my answer was it has to be rem and so um I'm go with an rem pick for this week it's been a while but I'm I am always listening to rem but specifically
1: uh, I have not watched the show the bear yet. have you watched the bear yet Chris first two episodes and I want to keep watching it but it the chaos is not the time for me yet sure, uh, got it, it. is the sorry the show is not the right fit for me right now but sure. I do want to keep watching it because it's, it's definitely good and the music in it has been great. I mean it opened with budo's band. Uh, yes.
2: Yes. Uh, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I have not seen it yet. <laughs> um I would like to but there's only so many hours in the day and so here we are. But um so I uh the the R.E.M. song Strange Currencies from their Monster record was featured and was apparently featured in a very very prominent scene in season 2. So much so that the band uh remixed it slightly uh, for the show, and they are now selling a bunch of like combo REM bear themed merchandise. Um, and I don't know if it's because of that or not, but um, REM the, the the was interviewed by NME, the British magazine, and they put together their top forty REM songs of all time. Each of the four members picked ten songs. And what I love about this list is, and the list is not my pick. I'm gonna get gets my pick in a second, but the band almost entirely ignores the first part of their career, which is what all the critics tend to focus on because that's what critics do right but it just shows how and listen to this playlist and there's so many great songs in their later records that people just don't talk about enough um i have recommended already their their final record collapse into now i'm gonna go one back recommend their penultimate records called accelerate this came out in i believe 2008 or 2007 let me double check this 2008 yes and um their album before this was called around the sun and it's widely regarded as the only bad rem album it's the album that they feel like they're not trying anything new the songwriting seemed lazy and if you listen the band said they almost broke up after it was so bad and they said like no we can't go out like that we have to go out uh we have to do something great and they made two more records and then called it quits but so accelerate was their comeback record sort of and it is by far the most guitar driven record they had made in about a more than a decade probably and uh it really feels like it's just f- five guys playing in a room um you know guitars through distorted amps which REM had gotten away from i mean this is i would say their most guitar forward album since green in 88 so in 20 years their most like electric guitar themed record now that's not true they did monster i am just arguing with myself about rem here folks um ignore me but uh the one two punch on this record of living well as the bench best revenge and man-sized wreath might be the best one two on any rem record uh just fantastic fantastic songs uh the last two songs horse to water and i'm gonna dj similarly amazing all four super upbeat super energetic songs in between there there isn't a bad song in the batch but the energy does come down a little bit but though if those four songs were released it's just like an ep it would be among my favorite R.E.M. releases ever. And I love their more mellow acoustic stuff, too. It's just this is them. This is this is such a great rock and roll R.E.M. record, which I don't think anybody ever thought they were going to get just because of how the band progressed. So, yeah, 2008 um, Accelerate. This also is uh, probably the most prominent use of Scott McCoy, who was their sideman since the mid-'90s, who played on a lot of their records but didn't necessarily get in the studio and get really involved. Whereas Scott McCoy is all over this album. Uh, Scott McCoy of the minus five and the baseball project and the young fresh fellows and a million other bands. Um, Yeah. That's my pick. Accelerate by R E M. Um, Well, Chris, uh, we may wind up doing something next week. uh, right after the, uh, the trade. But we probably will just be back at the end of the week. We have enough other podcasts to, uh, to talk about the things that are going to happen with the Mets. But before we go, just real quick, any last minute uh if you had to if 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 I asked you to put down 10 bucks on the two players the Mets trade, who are those two players?
1: Um, I guess I'll just go canna and fam. Okay.
2: I would say uh I really think is getting traded. I think it's would be Fam and Verlander. And the Verlander thing is gonna be crazy. That's gonna be one of the, we were talking before the podcast about how my brother did not remember that Mike Piazza played for the Marlins for a couple of days. And this is obviously more than that, but I feel like if Verlander only plays half a season for the Mets and it was a bad half of a season, uh, the players of immaculate grid in 2040 are gonna have their minds blown by that fact. So that'll be a fun little bit, bit of trivia for the future. Yeah but thank you for listening as always we appreciate it go to home or patreon.com slash home run support these podcasts directly
1: you can uh are you anywhere besides twitter right now um i'm i feel like i'm on threads i'm not i'm not posting much but give but you can get through and a follow there yeah chris, still at chris mcshane yeah chris Inst- is at, yeah go ahead Inst- sir. instagram and threads yeah, uh, I am on
2: Twitter, sort of, but probably not anymore. Instagram, threads, and blue sky at Brian an app. And until next time, trade them away, boys. Let's go Mets.